Hey man, got a quick question for you. What would you do with an extra hundred thousand dollars? No, you don't have to go embarrass yourself on TV at a wrestling camp. No, you don't have to win any challenges out in the desert. All you've got to do is go to savewithconrad.com. You may not realize it, but there has been six figures of savings hiding in your own house. No, it's not in your junk drawer. It's not in your attic. It's not in your basement. It's in your mortgage. You're overpaying your single biggest bill and you may not even realize it. Here's a quick test for me. Do me a favor. Take your monthly payment and multiply it by 360. That big, scary number you're looking at, that's what you're really paying for your house. That's what we call the total of payments. When you add up all 30 years of your existing mortgage, that big, scary number is what you're actually paying. And when you see that, you'll realize, uh, Houston, we have a problem. But don't worry. If you got a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Check out SaveWithConrad.com while Dave Silver revolves it. Okay, that was corny. But the point is, I can get you out of debt faster and do it with cheaper monthly payments. If you're in a 30-year loan right now, it's not a matter of if we can save you money. It's a matter of how much. I'm routinely helping people get interest rates in the twos and cut years. You hear me? I said years of unnecessary house payments off of their loan. And here's my question. If you can keep paying roughly the same monthly payment, but pay your house off years faster, why wouldn't you do that? Keep more of your own money. And really think about what it takes to save $100,000. Now, if you don't do this, you're going to work for that money, pay taxes on it, and then just give it away. Why would you do that? Set yourself up for real financial peace, for real financial freedom, and get rid of your single biggest bill, your mortgage. By the way, we're routinely helping our listeners get rid of all their credit card debt. And I'm talking about mean, nasty, ugly credit card debt. That's 18, 19, 20, 21% interest. If you've made a minimum payment on your credit cards this year, you owe it to yourself to run the numbers right now at savewithconrad.com. I'm routinely helping people pay their house off faster by getting rid of their other consumer debt, like car loans and credit card debt. They're saving five, six, seven, even 800 bucks a month. Oh yeah, still going from a 30-year loan to a 15-year loan. Now you don't need perfect credit to do this. You don't need money out of your pocket to do this, but you do need to spend 10 minutes right now. Just let us run the numbers for free at savewithconrad.com. It's no cost, no obligation. And if we can't help you out, we won't waste your time. We've recently been able to approve credit scores in the 500s. And oh yeah, you even get to skip your next two house payments. So why wouldn't you do this? It's a no-brainer. It's SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Did I mention we're licensed in 40 states? Yes, that probably includes your state too. Check it out right now at SaveWithConrad.com. There's no better time to say I love you and the most hated jeweler in America is at it again. You've heard us say, I hate stevensinger.com and you've heard us rave about his famous roses, but Steven Singer has been selling diamonds and bridal jewelry for four decades. Whether you have someone or something to celebrate, Steven is there for you. Ready to take the next step. Steven has a ready for love engagement ring collection. That is no hassle, no risk, expertly picked engagement rings that are ready to go. Don't worry. Steven won't let you mess this up. He's been selling online for over two decades, but he's recently kicked everything up a notch to better service friends and guests online. He has real expert jewelers on call to help you find the perfect ring or gift through new virtual video appointments, calls, texts, chats, or emails, all with extended hours. On top of that, he offers the best guarantee in the business with a full 100-day, 100% money-back guarantee and free shipping. 
Interest-free financing is available online too. And that's just the beginning. Gifts that say I love you every single day, backed with decades of experience in the comfort of your own home. It's easy. Just go to IHateStevenSinger.com. Fast, free, and safe shipping. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to Arn. It's Tuesday. You know what that means. And we couldn't be here without the one and only founder of the Four Horsemen, the Hall of Famer himself, Double A, the enforcer, Arn Anderson. Arn, how are you, man? Fantastic. Questions. You got some questions for me today? Dude, I got so many. We had like 400 replies on Twitter. There's no way we'll get to them all. Fans are really digging getting to pick your brain. We should mention, by the way, that they're actually getting a chance to do that over at adfreeshows.com. Even though last week when I asked, you absolutely shut it down. Aaron, Mrs. Lundy is going to, I mean, Mrs. Anderson is going to do some questions on adfreeshows.com. How in the world did you sell this? Well, number one, she will tell you quickly. She's never been Mrs. Anderson. (laughs) And and I've never been Arn. (laughs) Those words have never came out of her mouth, which she will point out if you ask her. You know, it's funny because one of the first times I had the pleasure of hanging out with her, I think it was like a WrestleMania weekend, maybe in Dallas. And I just happened to be, uh, bellied up to the bar and she came over and said, oh my gosh, Conrad and sat down and we started talking and in conversation. And of course I'd met her before and she's great and gracious and we had a good time, but every now and again, she would say Marty. And I'm thinking, who the hell is she talking about? <laughs> like I, I'm in so wrestling mode. It's WrestleMania weekend. And I'm thinking, surely to God, Mrs. Lundy's not friends with Janetti. Like who is, who is she talking? Skrull? No, she wouldn't know who that who in the world is that? And then it clicks like, oh shit, that's her actual husband's name. I've just known him as Arn my whole life. Yeah. And everyone that, that knew me when I wrestled, we had this, you know, discussion here a while back, everyone that knew me when I was a wrestler, they're stuck. I don't care if they're our neighbors, they're stuck on Arn because that's, I mean, Hey, I cash my check at the bank is Arn Anderson. That's the way it was, Conrad. I flew as Arn Anderson. I had no ID other than my, I had frequent flyer cards in Arn Anderson's name. That was a real person. Once 9-11 came along and all that, everything changed and all that, probably even before that. But for a period, you could go and cash your check at the bank under your wrestling name. Different times, different regulations. Let's, um, man, it's, it's so we could talk about that all day. It's just, it's fascinating to me that this is such a weird subculture. Like there's no way Michael Keaton never cashed a check made out to Batman. You know what I mean? Like, but for some reason, like no one would even approach, you know, Val Kilmer on the street and say, Oh, look, it's Batman. Nobody, that's not a thing. Somehow in wrestling, we want to believe, we want to believe that you wake up and go to bed as Arn Anderson. And 
you know, part of that is you used to convince us, you know, being a horseman isn't something you put on in the morning and take off at night. We just assume, oh no, these are fucking real life guys. And then one day you, you meet the real life Rick Fleer and you realize, well, that's not exactly like Rick Flair, but pretty close. And then you read Arn Anderson or so you think, and he's not exactly Barty Lund. It's just weird to me that this only exists in wrestling. Well, let me calm your nerves here a minute. From the moment I was knighted Arn Anderson, I was never Marty Lundy again through my wrestling career. It was only after I became an agent and, you know, had a different job and things were the way they were, you know, that, that I, you know, just accepted, hey, you're Marty Lundy, you're Martin Lundy, that's it, you're not Arn Anderson anymore. And uh, there were people that, you know, would come up and go, and I would catch myself saying this, and I wasn't trying to be mean or be a smart ass. I really, really wasn't. People would come up and say, you know, hey, you're Arn Anderson, aren't you? And I would say, I used to be. And when you think about that, that's almost kind of sad. But that's just the way I felt at the time when the, Wrestler Arn Anderson, the performer Arn Anderson was no able, no longer able to do any of that. Then I probably shouldn't even uh, be that guy or pretend to be that guy anymore. Oh man, let's try to let's try to pull the nose up a little bit. Let's do some questions here on Ask Arn Anything. Let me stop you. Okay. Before we go downhill, and it wasn't meant to go downhill. Can you imagine the lady sitting up at the bank window? Guy pulls in, his head sticking through the moonroof, and he hands you a check with one man gang on it. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you cash that check, I'm going to check your competency as working at the bank. Well, in fairness, if his head is sticking through the sunroof, you might just look at him and say, huh, checks out. <laughs> Mr. Gang, thank you. Have a good day. <laughs> Mr. Here's Gang. a lot of cash. That's tremendous. Mr. Gang. Uh, Ken Patera's pet raccoon, Josh wants to know how did Arn like having Jimmy Hart as his manager in WCW for a short period when the horseman and the dungeon sort of teamed up together. Um, uh, Jimmy's a high energy guy. Jimmy's a guy that you want to have on your team as far as, you know, always bringing that energy and always, uh, having a positive attitude about everything that goes down. And he was just one of those guys that you could ask Jimmy to literally do anything. And he would be more than willing. He is really one of those upbeat guys that you just want to have him on your team. He's the greatest utility guy probably ever. Doesn't matter what you ask him to do. He will get it done if he can't do it himself. So, you know, he wasn't really our manager, but I guess he was part of the part of that grouping for that particular storyline. And, you know, I was glad to have Jimmy around. Another question here from Ken. He wants to know, in Arn's opinion, was there a difference between Hulk Hogan in the WWF and Hulk Hogan in WCW? And if so, what was it? Uh, I don't think so. Um, Hulk is Hulk 24 hours a day. Ric Flair is Ric Flair 24 hours a day. 
there are some guys that no matter what environment they're in or or what the scenario is, they're that guy because they really are that guy. I don't think Hulk Hogan has been Terry Bollet for a long, long time. <laughs> now, you know, I really don't. And uh, I think he's been Hulk Hogan. First time he, he strapped it on, he became that guy, and he has continued to be that guy. His I know his business thoughts and concepts were pretty much the same. Uh, and uh, as far as his business head goes, uh I just think that when the NWA thing, or excuse me, NWO thing hit, and it was such a culture shock, and it thing flamed up, I mean, it literally was like a nuclear blast on the wrestling business. Then he became that other guy, Hulk Hogan. And he was a different guy. You know, there was a viciousness in that guy, and there was a maliciousness in that guy, you know, from taking off that, that weight belt and beating David Flair half to death with it, you know, that wasn't Hulk Hogan. That was Hollywood Hogan. So he switched characters, you know, he went pretty dark pretty quick, which meant he had been thinking about it, I think, for some time. I don't know how natural that would be because, you know, the red and the yellow, vitamins, prayers, all that stuff, that was part of who he was. And for a long, long time, it's very successful. It's uh, it's interesting to think about the way he was presented. It does feel a little different to me, the way he was presented in the WWF versus WCW. And I can't put my finger on it. I don't know if it's just the WWF by nature was aimed at more children, you know, preteens and maybe WCW skewed a little older. Could have been. Could have been. Well, and, and you think about it, the WWF was, you know, a lot of their revenue, a lot of who they were as a company were these mammoth buildings in these big cities, full house shows where he would come out and the music and the presentation and all those things, you know, he was Hulk Hogan, that entrance, you know, the whole thing. It was just, it was based around house shows. And uh, WCW was more of a TV company. You know, we weren't doing, generating that kind of business until things flamed up. But the whole presentation of Hulk for a, a live event where there's no time constraints, there's no issues there, is completely different from the way you have to contain it for TV. And maybe that's, part of the difference everyone knows the risks of driving drunk you could get in a crash people could get hurt or killed but let's take a moment to look at some surprising statistics almost 29 people in the united states die every day in alcohol impaired vehicle crashes that's one person every 50 minutes even though drunk driving fatalities have fallen by a third in the last three decades drunk driving crashes still claim more than 10,000 lives each year Drunk driving can have a big impact on your wallet, too. You could get arrested and incur huge legal expenses. You could possibly even lose your job. So what can you do to prevent drunk driving? Plan a safe ride home before you start drinking and designate a sober driver or call a taxi. If you know someone who's been drinking, take their keys and arrange for them to get a sober ride home. We all know the consequences of driving drunk, but there's one thing for sure. You're wrong if you think it's no big deal. Drive sober 
or get pulled over. This message was brought to you today by NHTSA. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the, um, well, maybe it's a rib. We got a weird question that I don't even want to read, but it's basically wanting to know how, uh, how a guy getting an erection would be handled in a wrestling match. I don't really know that I even want to go down that road, but I assume that there's a lot of good natured ribbing when just, you know, nature takes its course. And it makes me wonder in the last 20 years during the rise of well, Viagra and things like that, have there been a lot of ribs where guys would sort of bomb somebody's drink before they go out and now they're out there trying to wrestle two matches? I know where the rib is. You're ribbing me by this whole scenario. <laughs> well, listen, the question was, Arn, I was at a house show when during a tag match, Mr. Perfect had an obvious raging boner, but while on the apron waiting for a tag, has this ever happened to you? If so, how do you try to cover it in such revealing attire? And I thought, you know, that's a little weird to ask, but I wonder if that's been involved in a rib because I could totally see, you know, Mr. Perfect had a reputation for bombing people's drinks back in the day to make them pass out on a plane or whatever, allegedly, according to the rumor and innuendo, but it does make me wonder when this drug started to maybe rise to prominence a little bit, pardon the pun. Did somebody think, oh man, let's put that in his drink or his food before he goes out. This will be fucking hilarious. Well, I can tell you this, you know, blue chew is pretty fast acting. <laughs> yes, it is. It's pretty. It's pretty potent, okay? Let's let's grant that. But let me just let me just tell you what would go down just exclusively the way I would handle it. Okay? Okay. If I'm stomping a guy's brains out and I look down and he's laying <laughs> in a pup tent, you're gonna get an immediate count out. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to the back, Jack, because things are not the way they should be. He's enjoying this a little too much. <laughs> it's such a weird question. Uh, let's keep let's keep going. It's your best rib this year. Let me put it to you that way. Oh, by the way, you know what? We never really talked about this, but I put a poll up. Did you know this that I put a poll up and let the fans decide who was right once and for all about this whole cheese and bacon oh, I thing? I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. And I'm going to let, before you even announce it, Katie, okay, can you, can you feel me? Can you hear me getting down on my knees? <laughs> I am salami and bologna in you. Salami, bologna, you know, the whole thing, the flying carpet, praying to the, the God. Okay, you got me. It was a route, right? It was Cheese a route. in a landslide. 6,517 votes on this. The question was, you can only have one on your burger for the rest of time. Which would you choose? Cheese or bacon? Bacon gets 24.2% cheese. It's more than three times as much. 75.8. That's a house rule right there. To all you cheese lovers, I stand corrected. You know, I'm a lot of things. I'm not a liar. I must be missing something because you have clearly kicked the shit out of me on this one. 
Well, it's okay. It, it's it's all right for you to be wrong every now and again. Don't beat yourself up too bad. Oh, you're enjoying this. You kidding me? You're trying to be humble and gracious. You're laughing your ass off right now. Well, I knew I was going to win. I mean, cheese is undefeated. Yeah, it's certainly looking pretty good right now, isn't it? Mike Calandro wants to know, do you have any George South stories you can share? Yes. George South. And I think we might've, did we have this another week recently? I think. Yeah, we, we have, but it's worth asking again, because I'm sure you got a lot of George South stories. I, I cannot, I cannot thank you enough, uh, for bringing up George South's name, George. Now I'm 61. I'm not sure how old he is, but he was in the business when I first started going to uh, Jim Crockett, we were doing Atlanta TV and doing the television, which would have been in uh, March of 84. George was already in the business and he was already a accomplished hand. And uh, man, you just, I watched him a couple of times and I went, this guy should be on the regular crew. What the hell? And got a chance to work with him myself, and he was just as smooth and polished as a as a five year veteran, and was such a pleasure and such a uh, such a gentleman, you know, to do business with. And uh, he was just one of those guys I always felt there should be a spot on any crew for a guy like George. He's a tremendous performer. He's a tremendous human being, and uh, just an all around nice guy. Yeah. It is interesting that he doesn't have, it feels like he should be an agent somewhere. Right. I mean, goodness gracious. That guy's from, I forgot more about wrestling than a lot of guys will ever know me included. Yeah. Well, I mean, he has his own wrestling school. I think that's probably where those feelings and I'm sure he has them because, you know, he's always been a guy that he is kind of coached, you know, I'm sure a lot of nights, he went to the ring on television and the wrong guy went over. George should have probably won the match if we're going by that. But yeah, I mean, he's, uh, he's tremendous. Let's, uh, let's keep it moving here. We've got an interesting question about Jerry Lawler. Robert wants to know everyone has their top list of wrestlers that never won the world title in the NWA or WCW or WWE. The name I don't hear very often is Jerry Lawler. Do you think with how over Jerry was in the Memphis territory, he would have made a great NWA champion? You would probably have to ask Jerry the most defining part of that being the world champion. If he would have been willing to be in a different city, state, country, 350 days a year, year round. Because... You know, the world champion back in the day, the true world champion, when it was territories and traveling, he was all literally all over the world. And uh, I would think some of the guys that were qualified, like like a Jerry Lawler, and was you know pretty pretty well politically plugged in. Jerry Jarrett was part of that NWA clique of promoters, I would think, and uh, certainly his performance warranted him being the world champion uh his business sense warranted it, it but it, i'm not sure that 
the guys that were smart enough to know, hey, this guy's going to be here today. He's going to be out on the West Coast tomorrow. He may go to the Caribbean the next day and be back somewhere in Europe the day after that. I mean, the schedule was just unbelievable. Fly over to Japan for a couple of days, come right back, sometimes one shot, fly all the way round trip to Japan, try that one on sometime. Uh, I think Jerry would have qualified through his work and all of his assets to be the world champion. I just don't know how many guys, you know, could handle that schedule. And you got to remember some nights and a lot of nights you would get to the town 60 minutes. That was your future. Go wrestle 60 minutes and make their top star better than he was before you got here. When you leave town, he's better off than he was before you got here pretty tall challenge and not a lot of people could have pulled that off right there's no better time to say i love you and the most hated jeweler in america is at it again you've heard us say i hate stevensinger.com and you've heard us rave about his famous roses but steven singer has been selling diamonds and bridal jewelry for four decades whether you have someone or something to celebrate steven is there for you ready to take the next step steven has a ready for love engagement ring collection that is no hassle, no risk, expertly picked engagement rings that are ready to go. Don't worry, Stephen won't let you mess this up. He's been selling online for over two decades, but he's recently kicked everything up a notch to better service friends and guests online. He has real expert jewelers on call to help you find the perfect ring or gift through new virtual video appointments, calls, texts, chats, or emails, all with extended hours. On top of that, he offers the best guarantee in the business, with a full 100-day, 100% money-back guarantee and free shipping. Interest-free financing is available online, too, and that's just the beginning. Gifts that say I love you every single day, backed with decades of experience in the comfort of your own home, it's easy. Just go to IHateStevenSinger.com. Fast, free, and safe shipping. Steven Singer Jewelers, that's IHateStevenSinger.com. Let's, uh, let's do another question here. This one is about weight limits. Rory wants to know what are Arn's thoughts on having weight divisions like cruiserweights and heavyweights in pro wrestling. Also is the cruiserweight champion, the equivalent to the heavyweight champion. I've always been a proponent of height and weight, not as important as performance and ability to connect with the audience and get over. You know, there might have been a part of me before I stepped through the ropes with Ricky and Robert that had an idea in my head, just like everybody else did, of what a wrestler was supposed to look like and what a badass was supposed to look like and, you know, who the killers were and and weren't at that time, you know, because there were a lot of them in the business. You know, when you go in the dressing room and you're walking around with Billy Jack Haynes, you're walking around with Barbarian, Warlord, the Steiners, the Road Warriors, all these guys, these monsters, Ron Simmons, all these guys, you you had it in your head. God damn, that guy's a killer. That guy's a killer. But when you step through the ropes of the Rock and Roll Express and you saw how they could go out and sail and get over never die, stay in the fight, keep fighting, and just the connection they had with the audience forever, for me, took that height and weight, what I thought was right, out of the quotient. 
I don't think anybody will ever say Eddie Guerrero was too little. Shawn Michaels was too little. You know, I don't think you're ever going to think Dean Malenko was too little. You know, Ray Mysterio, certainly not too little. All these guys got over, and they were all tops in their field. Nobody is going to question how tall they are. So I don't have any height or weight parameters for myself, and I hope the business has moved ahead just like it has with the women's division and a lot of other things in a positive way. I hope we have forever forgotten how much a guy weighs or how tall he is. It's what he brings to the table. Well said, uh, big extra wants to know, were you ever the agent for an undertaker match? You know what? Michael Hayes had that spot bottled up. And it was because he had been with him way before I got there. Uh, I may have had a couple of matches, probably a handful, uh, but that's about it. And it was always a pleasure, you know, because there's a guy who was the judge. If you went to wrestler's court for a good reason, the most respected guy in that locker room. And it wasn't because he was the tallest or toughest or made the most money. It's because the way he applied himself to his craft and how he always wanted to be the best he could and bring out the best he could in you and the competitiveness and the professionalism and all those things uh, that he brought to the table. He was just a true pro. I, uh, I don't think anybody will ever get tired of hearing about the undertaker's career. Keith West wants to know, can you elaborate more on your time in smoky mountain? Guys should go back and, um, pull it up on YouTube or wherever it's available. The angle that we shot, uh, of the man underneath the sheet. Yep. And it, you're talking about, I didn't know about it at first, but Jimmy didn't have to sell that to me very hard. I just could kind of figure out this was going to be entertaining. And I'd always been so serious about the business, you know, and, and was in a position that I had to be, and I had to be business all the time and be in, you know, kick-ass mode or getting my ass kick mode. 100% of the time, I could never lighten up and just have fun. And thanks to Jimmy for using me for several days. Um, I was between stints with WCW, and uh, I got to work for him. And, man, we shot the angle, and it was so fun working with those guys and, and being partners. Man, picture this, me partners with the Rock and Roll Express. My God, you're talking about oil and water. But it worked. It absolutely worked. And I enjoyed myself working with the Midnight Express and those guys, and it was just a lot of fun. It was wrestling back at its roots. It was one of those things. I, it reminded me of when I used to go and watch wrestling live, how excited I got about it. I really enjoyed that, and it was probably the best three days you know I spent in the business uh, as far as just having fun, not having to worry about anything, uh, business wise, just go out and have a good time and it would take, take care of itself. BLM wants to know, did you ever take part in Tuesday night wrestling at the Louisville gardens? 
weekly shows ran by Jerry Jarrett. It was a staple of wrestling in Kentucky when I was a young. No, sir. I never did work for the Memphis territory. Uh, so I would not have been at those shows, which I believe was part of his territory at the time. It is fascinating to think about, you know, you, even though you did come up in the territory system, you weren't a part of the territories very long as far as days on the calendar before you were with a major company. Very fortunate, very fortunate. Uh, I would say I had, you know, Bill Watts, the five months I spent there, I learned how to work, which I knew absolutely nothing when I went there. Uh, I learned how to drive 3,000 miles a week without ending up in the middle of a swamp, sound asleep. Uh, I learned the business from the ground floor up and basically how to wrestle, learned how to be a businessman and, and, uh, and being out of, away from home for the first time, I learned how to live away from home and live out on my own, which is some people may laugh at, but, uh, when you're driving 3000 miles a week and wrestling seven days a week, there ain't a lot of time for picking out furniture and doing housework and cooking and all those things that you have to end up doing when you live by yourself. So, you know, it was a learning experience. And then, uh, Lana, I went to work for Oli and, uh, got to be with Paul Ellering, uh, spend some time with a quality person there. And then I went to Pensacola and my life really changed. And, uh, Man, you're talking about the greatest 14 months of my life. Access to the beach four days a week, five days a week, and uh, short trips. It went from 3,000 miles with Bill Watts to probably eight or 900, working for uh, the Fullers and Continental, Bob Armstrong. Man, it was awesome. It was just so fun and easy, and just leave the beach and go straight to the town and put on your boots, tear the joint down, get in your car, go back home. Glorious. And then, of course, the Crockett years, the WWF stint, back to uh, WCW, which I was fortunate to be in 12 years, which is a pretty damn good run. Then go to WWE, where I spent uh, 19 years. So I was very, very fortunate. I didn't work a all the territories or even most of them. I just was fortunate that wherever I went, I got to stay pretty good, fair amount of time. I would say. Yeah, it worked out. Uh, did. Michael Eldridge wants to know, what did you think of the WCW NWA split that happened in the early nineties? Uh, as a reminder, this was, uh, even a legal matter there for a while, I guess, uh, you guys sort of picked up where the NWA left off once Jim Crockett promotions was done and Ted Turner bought it. We continued with the NWA world championship and then slowly, but surely, uh, I guess that board of directors, even though it was not nearly what it once was, uh, made a big issue out of that and didn't want certain things to happen. So you guys decided to change the name of the big gold belt to the international heavyweight championship. And you introduced a new WCW world title and the big gold belt was still there, but it didn't quite carry the same meaning. Maybe it once did. And you had a new belt made. It was a little confusing for wrestling fans at the time. what did you think about this? Well, probably more confusing for them than it was for me because I was a WCW employee. I was, you know, that was my new home. And I figured in my ridiculous thought process, I was going to be there forever. 
So all that stuff, all those legal wranglings was kind of, you know, out of my, out of my sight and it was out of my thought process. It was just one of those things that you're here's going on. It didn't change the roster of guys I was working with or, uh, who my new employer was. It was, I was kind of over there and this stuff was all happening kind of, you know, it was just off my radar. Jeremy forehand says, Aaron, I work at the Mississippi coast Coliseum in Biloxi, Mississippi. Any memorable stories from that event, those events at the Coliseum or nights on the town with the horsemen in Biloxi. Um, that was always a down and back for Bill Watts. You know, we would drive down and drive back when I was with WCW, we would stay there and I would, I'd like to hit those, those, uh, casinos. Um, there's one there that I really liked and I know, you know, them all Conrad name, some of those that are in Biloxi right there. The one you like is probably know. the Beau Rivage. Beau Rivage. God, you're so good. You're so worldly. <laughs> It scares me that we're completely on the same wavelength, man. I, you know, I love sitting in there with the little old ladies playing the quarter slots. Didn't do any gambling as far as cards or anything that took any concentration, just order a couple of coal Miller lights and just sit there and push the button and just that whole atmosphere. I just really enjoy. And, uh, Usually when we would stay over there and we would with WCW quite a bit and WWE for that matter and fly, fly to that little airport that was down the road. And, uh, yeah, it was fun. It was a fun place. Okay. Listen up. I need to ask for a favor. You love Arn Anderson and you like this podcast and you like that Arn is back on TV. If you like that, Tony Schiavone is back on TNT calling wrestling. If you like that, Jim Ross is continuing his legacy. As the voice of wrestling, I need you to do me a favor, hit up a Walmart and pick up the new AEW unrivaled series one figures. You can take your pick. You can get Cody or Brandy Rhodes. You can get Kenny Omega or La Champion, Chris Jericho. Of course you can get the young bucks. Heck, you could even get the new ring. The ring's only 1999. I can't believe that, but maybe the coolest thing they've got at Walmart right now, you know, I'm going straight to that world title, the AEW world title belt. This thing's awesome. It might be the best toy belt ever made. This thing looks great on a shelf, but at the same time, the kids can play with it. You know, just tell them to watch for that elbow smash off the couch. I absolutely love the fact that AEW is on the shelves of Walmart. I'm pulling for this company. Three of our pals work there. I want this thing to be a huge success. And it turns out it is. Most of your Walmarts are going to be nearly sold out if they're not completely sold out. Some Walmarts are even limiting how many you can get. So check all the Walmarts in your area, check early, check often. These are going to be collectibles. And by the way, the folks who put these out, Jazzwares, they really understand that collectability. Action figures are not just for kids, all right? They're not dolls. They've got a chase figure in here and a rare figure. My figure buddies tell me these things are gonna be worth a mint one day because they're gonna be so rare. This is series one. We need to support it. By God, we need an Arn Anderson figure. We need a JR figure. And we need the first ever Tony Schiavone figure. But I need you to go pick up these figures so we can make that happen. Then we can rebook the territory and you can look at these in your real life and say, who booked this shit? Just like I do on the show. 
Go pick it up right now. It's at Walmart, AEW Unrivaled Series 1. And don't forget, if you don't find exactly what you're looking at for there, you can cruise over to ringsidecollectibles.com and pick up everything you're looking for, including a scale ring that I think might be the coolest scale ring ever. This thing is so realistic. It looks just like what you see on TV. One more time, hit up AEW Unrivaled Series 1 at Walmart's in your area. It's so cool they're in Walmart. And if they don't have exactly what you're looking for, check back. And in the meantime, don't forget to check it out over at ringsidecollectibles.com. But please, if you dig those three podcasts, gotta go pick up. You need an Arn Anderson figure. I want a damn JR figure. Maybe you'll even have a little catchphrase that says, here's your damn push. But God, you need a Tony Schiavone figure. Let's make it happen. Pick it up right now. It's AEW Unrivaled Series 1 at Walmart. Yeah, Beau Revise, I think, has been open 20-something years, opened in the very late 90s. But when it did, man, it was like Las Vegas had come to freaking Mississippi. That was a big-time resort. I hadn't been in years, and I don't know when I'll go again now that everything's happening that's happening in the world. But really one of the uh, the crown jewels of the area. So I just assumed, knowing the type of shit that you like, you were at the Beau Revise. It was upscale. I mean, the rooms were super nice. You know, it was just one of those things that, you know, that it was a casino that belonged in Vegas. Very well said. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, uh, our main man here. <laughs> what a great question. Michael <laughs> wants to know if there's going to be a film about your life, who would you want to play you in that film? Well, since everybody <laughs> claims that I don't age, if you could figure out a way for me to be a, in a diaper with a beard, I could just play myself. Oh, that would be fucking great. You know, because it's like the Benjamin button thing. I guess I go up to 40 and just, except I'm just stuck there. Apparently I was, when I was 14, I'm 40. Now that I'm 61, I'm still 40. So let's just hope my organs and my longevity on this earth follows suit. If so, I got another eight years or so to live. Let's talk about that for a minute because you have been the same age forever. That is the joke that everybody says. When do you think you were able to buy beer without being carded? Were you able to pull that off before you turned 21 just because you looked older than you really were? Yeah, I want to say probably leaving kindergarten. I must have stopped <laughs> by the liquor store once or twice. So good. Oh gosh. Scott Norris wants to know demolition or the road warriors. If you had to pick one sort of like Elvis or Beatles, are you a demolition or a road warrior guy? All of the above had great matches. I thought Tully and I with both of those teams and, uh, you know, I had Barry Darso, who is a dear friend of mine to this day, and I enjoyed working with Bill Eady and, of course, the Road Warriors. Conrad, my man, when you're in the ring, you don't have to be Elvis if you're standing over at the side and you're playing the cello or something and you're part of the band and you look at him and you go, that's Elvis. Damn, I'm just glad to be here, be in the mix. Same thing with the Road Warriors. When you're in the ring with those guys, they brought such a credible aura with them, credible look. Just that whole thing was just 
frightening and to be in matches with those guys it just even though you you know you limp back you walk out and you limp back and you're beat half to death you just go damn that was fun let's uh let's move on we've got another question here uh timothy wants to know are you a dry rub or a sauce guy for your barbecue definitely dry rub no sauce little garlic uh, a little brown sugar, a um, little onion powder, and just kind of uh, dump just a smidgen of Dale sauce on there. I mean just a smidgen. Rub it all in, wrap it up, put it in the oven. About three hours, two racks of ribs, you're ready to rock and roll. I can't believe you're in the loop on Dale's sauce. That's an Alabama original. I didn't know that you were rocking that up there. You bet. Hey, I'm civilized. Uh, shout out to Dale's. If you're listening to this and you have no idea what we're talking about, Amazon sells it, but it's Dale's original steak seasoning. Uh, and it's been, I mean, my parents have used it literally my entire life and I believe it's still made right here in Alabama. So check it out. If you haven't already, it's uh, it's a favorite. I think you'll dig it check on that uh, spanish goddess wants to know what's your thoughts on ec3 and matt sidell do you think we could ever see them in aew uh you never know uh matt slidell uh saw probably a about a year ago at a signing in believe it or not jacksonville's before i was working with uh, aew I went to a signing there and he was there and I talked to him a little bit and basically he said his body was pretty beat up, to be honest with you. That day we were talking, you know, he was limping pretty good. EC3, I don't know if he's better suited for where he is on impact. I don't know. Uh, you never know in this business. I know he's a young guy. He looks great. You know, he's certainly got a lot of years ahead of him in the business. Uh, who knows what the next year will break, you know, to us all look forward to it. And it's going to be interesting to, to see who goes where and for what reasons and just how the business is going to evolve. It's a fun time to be a fan. Uh, Matt Snyder wants to know any fun memories of any shows or anything that you did in little rock, Arkansas, either during a regional territory or from the WCW or WWF days. Oh, Little Rock, Arkansas. Um, I know that when I worked for Bill Watts, it was a it was a Thursday town at that time, and that we would drive it because I was just underneath. That was the first match. Wednesday was television. If you were off TV, uh, you wouldn't be in Shreveport, which Shreveport's on the way to Little Rock from where I lived in Baton Rouge. But if you were off TV, now you woke up on Thursday morning with a 400-mile drive. Not only were you going 400 miles one way, I think sometimes on the, the Friday following that, you would be uh, somewhere like Monroe, Louisiana, 
And uh, after that, you would go back up to maybe Oklahoma City and Tulsa for a double shot. The one thing I remember was it was 400 miles from Baton Rouge to there, and it was up, I think, Highway 167 or something. But a lot of it and most of it was two-lane road. And if you've been to Louisiana and you've driven those old roads, they ain't been paved in a while. That was a long 400 miles on Thursday. That's the one thing that stands out. We very seldom ever spent the night there. It was usually just a in, work, move on to the next town. Let's, uh, let's talk about wrestling belts. Francis wants to know what's your Mount Rushmore of wrestling belts. You've told us before that you were really fond of the NWA television title. The, the famous one that you carried with the red strap and the silver plates. What are the three other belts that you really liked through wrestling? Um, I think the back and we're going back to the day we talked about earlier when the champion was a traveling champion, the smaller belt, the uh, NWA world champion, NWA world title. That was a, that was really cool. That looked like a championship belt, felt like one. Uh, I did like the TV title. Um, was kind of how I uh, was my claim to fame. Um, it was kind of cool to be the first team to win the NWA tag titles and the WWF tag titles, which is what Tully and I accomplished. We were the first team to have held both of those. So I would put those two sets of championships on Mount Rushmore beside the TV title and the world, the world champion. Uh, Bobby Rogers wants to know, who do you think is the modern day double a in AEW? Is there a modern day Arn Anderson type character in AEW? Hope not. Because the one thing I preach and the one thing I always tried to do um, is be different. Right. Be unique and be different. And I feel like I was both of those. And other than wallow in the fact that I didn't have a lot of babyface skills or high impact skills or off the top rope skills, I took what I had and what I knew I could do good and tried to make it look as convincing, credible and believable and fit the story that I was telling and just be my, be myself. And, uh, never did a promo that was scripted. Everything I ever, that ever came out of my mouth came from me. And, uh, not a lot of people can say that, you know, I kind of hang my hat on that and I was given freedom to do that and i'm thankful for that and um i don't think there's another me around thank god talk to me a little bit about um chicken sandwiches undisputed wants to know we all know how arn feels about burgers but where does he get his preferred chicken sandwich this is going to open up another can of worms right? oh no here we go uh Chick-fil-A. Well, yeah. What's wrong with that? That's like the standard answer. 
Yeah, I mean, but but I like Wendy's spicy chicken sandwich. That's pretty good now. My wife has told me and browbeat me and and beat me over the head that I have had a Popeye's chicken sandwich. And I know I'm old, and I know I've been beat up a lot and dropped on my head, but for the life of me, I cannot remember it. It's pretty good. Now that's crazy. But they make it with uh you can get it spicy or regular. Spicy is the way to go. You'll like that. Yeah, and it looks fabulous. And I don't know why I wouldn't have had one. And if I have and really don't remember it because it, it would have only been one, that's one of those things that I, I do remember. And I do cannot recollect it. And she just gives me that look like, well, you stupid son of a bitch. You've had one of those. <laughs> uh, wholesome Underwood wants to know any memories of Nighthawk Joe Coltrane. He was around for a couple of months for JCP in 86 with his last recorded match being for the company, uh, during a TV title match against you. Do you remember Nighthawk Joe Coltrane? No, that was just for television. Just, uh, yeah. I mean, was he a part of the regular crew or I don't know. It says he was only around for two months in 86, but he did have a match with you for the TV title, but uh, I don't remember him either. So flew under mine in your radar. Somebody may be ribbing us knowing immediately when we're done, I'm going to start Googling them to find out who the hell that is. And if it is a thing and it did happen, I put that in the chicken sandwich category from Popeye's. I just don't remember it. Damn it. Uh, John wants to know, what'd you think of the match you had with Macho Man on Saturday night in 95 for the TV title? I thought it was a very good match. I agree. I was, you know, a little, uh, starstruck working with Randy, you know, Randy was a big star and, uh, you know, I was never, you know, I was never lost on the fact that the guys I was in the ring with, some of them, you know, a lot of them were big stars in the industry and the biggest. And I was fortunate enough to, to go out and have some time and, and wrestle a guy like Randy Savage, you know, in a, in a world television title match, I think it was. Yeah. He won. I think that was the first time I wrestled was for the title. Um, I may be mistaken about that, but just being in the ring with that guy was, you know, it was uh, challenging and it was, it was exciting and flattering and fun all wrapped up in one. Talking about flattering. There's an interesting question here from Francis. He says, did Vince or any, any of the guys in the back ever buy you a watch or any sort of trinket, any sort of special memento? I think this comes about because we've heard guys share stories about you know, so-and-so gave me a gift of so and such and such. And it really meant a lot. Maybe one of the most famous being with Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels and the, the big Rolex after WrestleMania, did anybody ever give you something along your days in wrestling that you think is pretty sentimental and pretty special? Well, to me it is. And Jamie Noble, who we haven't discussed a lot on the podcast is, is a good friend of mine. And, uh, I respect how smart he is and how talented he is and how hard he works and what a great worker he was. I mean, he's one of those guys that if you started pulling out all of his stuff and you put on a a midnight watching deal and you watched about eight hours of him, you would go, good God almighty, this guy was incredible. Hall of Fame 2012, he gave me a 
with it inscribed, my name on it and everything, a money clip. And uh, that means a lot to me. I mean, it's not a diamond studded anything, but it might, you know, it feels, might as well be to me. It has that much value. I've never put a dollar in it. It sits in uh, the box, my Rolex box, where I have one of my watches and my Hall of Fame ring and that money clip that Jamie gave me. And I was, you know, I started crying when he did it because I know it came from the heart and it was very appreciated. And uh, that was, a, you know, a very special weekend, uh, the Hall of Fame weekend. And uh, that just kind of capped it off. You know, one of the things we've talked about a lot with Arn Anderson here on the show is just the protocol amongst the boys, the way you're supposed to take care of each other, the way you handle yourself and your opponent with respect. Hell, Arn's even given us tips on you're supposed to shower before you go in the ring. You want to smell nice for your opponent. You're about to be snuggled up with that dude. That's the reason a lot of the guys will get rid of their armpit hair and just listen, grooming and hygiene is important. You don't want to stink is why you need to quit smoking by the way we have a, a little helper for that lucy nicotine is a company founded by caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative yep there's finally tobacco alternatives that don't suck they researched and developed this for like three years because it was made for people not patients and lucy's even created a nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three really good flavors wintergreen cinnamon and pomegranate when was the last time you heard of a pomegranate alternative come on this is big time shout out to lucy and by the way they've even got a cherry ice flavor for a lozenge has the same four milligrams of nicotine all these are great flavors they taste great i've actually had one it's convenient it's discreet that's what i like about this you know that's probably the worst part about being a smoker i grew up with two parents who smoked and where we went to eat or where we went on vacation or whose car we drove was all determined by smoking. They became a prisoner under smoking and they didn't even realize it. But now if my parents were still smoking and thank goodness they're not, they could be discreet about this. They could just pop one of these lozenges or some of this gum in their mouth on a flight at work, even at the gym. It's a big deal to quit smoking. And right now it's 2020. It's time you get rid of your cigarettes. Unplug your stupid vape, throw out your dip and get some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's so simple and you don't have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down. Arn listeners can go to Lucy.co and use promo code Arn and get 20% off all their products, including the gum and the lozenges. That's Lucy.co and use promo code ARN at checkout. Oh, also, I have to give this disclaimer. Warning, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, which, duh, you knew that, or you would have already quit smoking. Smoking sucks. Lucy.co is the way to go. Be sure to use that promo code ARN. You'd be glad you did. That's a very cool story, and, and I'm glad you mentioned his name because... It's been said to me that perhaps if Jamie didn't have such a strong accent, he'd be Vince's right-hand man, but maybe Vince has a, I don't know, a Southern bias. And supposedly the guy, Jamie Noble is a fucking wrestling genius. 
and he has tons of great ideas and is a team player and contributes on a big level. But for whatever reason, maybe Vince doesn't take him seriously because he is from the South. I have no idea uh, what the reasoning would be in that because nothing, no matter what you come up with, none of it's good enough, is it? None of it makes sense. Right. So to try to analyze that is just one of a thousand questions you would try to analyze. I know that he is everything that you said he was and uh, dependable, hardworking, durable, honest. You know, sweetheart of a guy, he's all those things. He's a, he's a very valuable commodity to their company. Hope one day they wake up and realize it because he should be very well respected in this business because he's, he's got it all. Wrestling My Shadows podcast wants to know, if you could have wrestled on the final Nitro, who would you have liked to gone out against? That's an interesting question. We know your in-ring career ended beforehand, but if it was going to be your last match on Nitro, on the very last Nitro, sort of the end of the chapter, your in-ring career and WCW all at the same time, who would you have chosen as your opponent? God almighty. God, that's, that's almost impossible to, to even say, I mean, wow, I don't know. Let me think about that. It's a great question though. It's a fantastic question. And it's got, like you say, it's got a lot of meat on the bones. There's a lot of got That would have been a match that, let me just put to you this way. That would have been a match that I would have been more concerned than anything. I would love to go out, had an adequate amount of time had a guy that I was friends with that could could work his ass off. I would love to go out there and give him a good, hard 15-minute quality match. And whatever his finish was, he was going to hit me with it. And uh, one, two, three, right in the middle. Um, and I would have been a very happy camper knowing that was the last time that would ever happen period it's too bad that uh that it didn't, didn't happen that way let's uh let's talk about a fun silly thing we have a lot of fun talking about food kevin wants to know are you a dip your fries in ketchup guy or a put ketchup on top of your fries guy fries on the side pepper on the uh fries swirl them around off to the side i think that's the move Matt wants to know, what do you think of the finished design of the TNT championship? And where do you think it ranks amongst today's wrestling belts? It's too early yet to, uh, tell it will all depend. The man makes the championship. The championship does not make the man. Right. So going by where the champion goes from here. The wars he goes into, how many of those he survives and prevails, how the championship is respected and treated, that all comes from the talent. It's only an important championship if everyone 
in the room makes it important. If it's number one on the list, that's where they want to aspire to be, then it becomes something. And uh, the champion, just as Cody has done, he has faced all challengers. And uh, just about all the time, he's came out of that thing a winner and his opponent a winner. Uh, but I feel like the talent will either decide the fate of the championship or not. Let's uh, let's keep it moving here. MJC wants to know if you had to choose between taking 10 sledgehammer shots from triple H or five barbed wire bat shots from Mick Foley, what would you choose? Hmm. Probably the sledgehammer shots. Paul Mick, if he's as limping as bad as the last time I saw him, if he were to swing that thing, he's liable to damn near trip and fall, and on the way down, that bat would rip me in half, I'm sure. I'm not sure Mick is, is able to aim. His shoulders are probably so bad. He probably can't get that bat up high enough to aim it, really, so... It's like Stan Hansen with a clothesline. It'll either be from your nose to the top of your chest. You don't know until it lands. I think Mick would be, and just like he would want you to hit him with it, he would probably hit you with it. Another question here about boots. Scott Price wants to know, when getting fitted for a new pair of boots, did they take a while to break in uh, and cause discomfort, or are they truly tailor-made and fit like a glove from day one? No, you got to break them in just like any kind of shoe, uh, but it doesn't take long. Um, you do have them, you know, you have them cut and measured. And the whole thing is for ankle support. That's what boots are for. doesn't matter how short they are or how, how tall they are. They're all for ankle support because you feel completely different when you put on a pair of wrestling boots and lace them up tight. You feel supported. And, uh, that's what they're for. And I don't see how guys work in tennis shoes for the life of me. I'd break, break my ankle every time I went to the ring. Blake, the snake wants to know, do you have any funny stories about Chattanooga? Do you have any memories of a wrestler from the territory days named Larry Cheatham? I've heard that name. I think he spent most of his career in Tennessee. Didn't he? I would assume so since he's dropping Chattanooga, uh, but is he, was he one of the moon dogs? Am I thinking about the right guy? Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Let me look that up. Cause that name rings a bell, but it was, I feel like it was before my time just by a few years. He might've been one of Nick Goulis's guys or Jerry Jarrett or. Yeah. I don't, I don't see any info on him right off the top of my, my, my discussion here, but I do see where. You know, very much a territory guy. I think he even uh, passed away last year, believe it or not. Uh, I see his obituary from Cleveland, Tennessee. But I guess he was around Georgia Championship Wrestling a little bit too and uh, maybe supposedly lived in Bradley County, Tennessee. I'm sure I ran into him somewhere on the road or at a TV taping or somewhere. The name rings a bell. I'd have to have a face to go with it to, to truly remember. 
Uh, interesting question here. David wants to know, you always mention fast food places when it comes to hamburger decisions. When you worked in the Northeast, places like New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and other States, do any diner stick out, you know, the old open 24 hours choice of a great astute burger. All of them, because that was first, first selection. God, let's find a diner and let's get some breakfast. And that would be at, um, you know, that'd be at 12, 1 o'clock in the morning, 2 o'clock in the morning, because your only options were that, truly in the in the Northeast, or those, I guess they're, they're not truck stops, but whatever they're called in the middle of the highway where you could stop and get, you know, Roy Rogers, maybe a, a fast food, something or other, and they had a little store connected with them. It was like a, like a little truck stop right in the middle of the highway and they were on, they're only up North. It's the only place that has them. So we were trying to find those diners, you know, be passing through a little town. We'd just get off and exit and the food was always fresh and excellent. And, uh, we would take that opportunity to have breakfast. Fun little question to wrap things up today. This one comes from AJ he says, AJ, uh, he says, Arn, excuse me. How do you feel about the Aloha Arn being a thing? I don't know that you've seen this, but. Our friends over at OSW review across the pond had a lot of fun with this years ago where like, for instance, in WrestleMania five, when you and Tully are taking on strike force, it looks like Tito is trying to pull you down and do like a sunset flip. And you're staggering back and forth, reaching both left and right with your stance, getting wider and wider. Every time it's been nicknamed the Aloha Arn or the Hula Arn, depending on who you believe. <laughs> Did you have a name for that move or that, that bit? that you did <laughs> yeah it's called working your ass off <laughs> yes it was it's adding drama to literally something that nobody ever added drama to beforehand it's making a struggle to pull me down into a pinning position from a sunset flip and me working my ass off to not have you do that? That's what that's called. It's remarkable. What well, do you remember the first time you did that or how you came up with it? Was it well received by the boys? Did you know you had a hit when you did it? Cause it is quite yeah. visual. Yeah. And, and you know, it was, sometimes it was ha ha. Sometimes it was, you know, it was actual drama. Uh, you know, it was received different, different ways by everybody. Again, that's one of those things you can point to. You never see anybody else do it, right? No. It's, it's one of those things, and maybe by choice. Maybe they thought it was the screaming shits. I don't know. Nobody ever told me that, but I thought it was my way of being different and making something out of nothing and, you know, taking the tools God gave you and, and being able to fashion some different stuff that has some interest in a match that's not necessarily a 450 off the top. Well, that's going to wrap us up with a little 450 off the top. We hope that your spine buster audio today was a hit and we'll be back with you next week for night of the champions, 2015. What an interesting time it was in the company just five years ago, but what you remember that show for most of all is the very scary spot with sting taking the buckle bomb from Seth Rollins and collapsing in the ring. That's your main event. We'll get Arn's take on that and everything else that happened on the way to the show, including 
Lana and Rusev getting engaged and announcing it on social media to the ire of Vince McMahon. Lots to unpack next week, right here on the show. Don't you dare miss it. Don't forget. You can get all these shows early and ad free over at adfreeshows.com. And we've got lots of other fun, special stuff that we're doing on the website as well with Arn, including an ask Aaron, anything, a live zoom chat with Arn. so much more. You don't want to miss it. It's adfreeshows.com. Until next time. He is at the Arn Show. I am at Hey Hey, it's Conrad, and we are out of time. We'll talk to you next week right here on Arn. Get your Arn gear at ArnShirts.com and check out BoxaGimmicks.com, the official store of the Arn Show, where you can find gimmicks for the Arn fan in your life. New items added weekly. There's no better time to say I love you, and the most hated jeweler in America is at it again. You've heard us say I hate Stevensinger.com, and you've heard us rave about his famous roses. But Steven Singer has been selling diamonds and bridal jewelry for four decades. Whether you have someone or something to celebrate, Steven is there for you. Ready to take the next step? Steven has a ready-for-love engagement ring collection that is no hassle, no risk, expertly picked engagement rings that are ready to go. Don't worry, Steven won't let you mess this up. He's been selling online for over two decades, but he's recently kicked everything up a notch to better service friends and guests online. He has real expert jewelers on call to help you find the perfect ring or gift through new virtual video appointments, calls, texts, chats, or emails, all with extended hours. On top of that, he offers the best guarantee in the business with a full 100-day, 100% money-back guarantee and free shipping. Interest-free financing is available online, too, and that's just the beginning. Gifts that say I love you every single day, backed with decades of experience in the comfort of your own home, it's easy. Just go to IHateStevenSinger.com. Fast, free, and safe shipping. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Hello? Yes, good morning. Uh, is this Daniel? This is. Hey, Daniel. This is Dave Silva. I'm calling with Save with Conrad. How are you, my friend? Good. How are you doing? I've been telling you for a long time that SaveWithConrad.com can save you money. But don't take my word for it. So what made you come to Save with Conrad in the first place? Uh, I've heard the commercials a few times and uh, was looking to refinance anyway from a 30-year down to a 15-year. Ended up being a, a really good uh, good money saver. Had gotten some quotes from some other lenders and, um, you know, Conrad and the guys over there just, you know, made the process so, so easy. Very cool. How was it working with Steven and the team? It was real, real easy. I mean, uh, the first time that I did my mortgage, um, there was all kinds of hoops, and I had to chase down the, the guy that I was working with. Um, but with you guys, it was no problem whatsoever. I could call, I could email, um, but there really wasn't any need to. It was quick and seamless. Wonderful. Is there any way or anything that we can do to improve the process in the future? But honestly, it, it, it was so like, and I'm, it almost seems like it was too easy. <laughs> but do you do you know how much money we were able to save you on your refinance? Yeah, it, it was close to, if not over, a hundred thousand dollars. Wonderful. So what are you waiting for? Find out how much money you can save right now for free. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. Even credit scores in the five hundreds can be approved. And if we can't save you money, we won't waste your time. But because we're licensed in more than 40 states, we can help more families than ever before. Find out how much money you can save right now for free. 
at SaveWithConrad.com. Oh, and did I mention you could skip your next two house payments? Hurry to SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lenders. Woo! Check it out. Here's a clip from AdFreeShows.com that you can't hear anywhere else. Yeah, fuck him. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to stand on the side of AJ Styles and the good bros. Uh, anybody that knows anything in the business knows he's a piece of shit and a worker and a conniver and his head's as big as a melon. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to adfreeshows.com right now. It's hard to beat adfreeshows.com. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.